we're kind of merging sonic branding with this user experience audio and it's being uh, exploited in a lot of voice controlled applications and voice controlled services where there is no visual stimulus right so it's the audio on its own has to kind of uh, stand on its own two legs episode, we'll be wrapping up our two-part interview with John Brennan and Sean Beeson of Sonic Signatures, a music creation agency specializing in sonic branding for brands and companies. In part two, we discuss establishing an audio DNA for a brand, merging sonic branding within user experience audio, and forecasts of what the sound marketing landscape will look like in the future. My name is Gina Isham, and this is the Sound in Marketing Podcast. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a good explanation. The audio has to stand on its own two legs, so it, it's not supported by anything else. It's this is the sound, and you have to interpret it for what it is, and that's a hard mm. thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. To a certain extent, it's all depending on the 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 person at hand, but um, it's it's interesting to to find out kind of how universal tones and sounds can actually be that people just can understand a sound for what it is without an explanation it's very interesting yes yeah and even for people that are not you know critical listeners and they may not even be someone who thinks that they can hear the difference between sound a and sound b i so often find myself doing surgical sculpting of very short sounds and there's just people can perceive even these differences that I think are very minor uh, in in the overall sound, but it can change whether a sound feels uh, positive or feels neutral or feels heavy or feels light. And each of those different you know circumstances can impact what kind of a sound you would use and, and kind of how the user reacts to that audio. Definitely. Um, so we have three examples. Uh, did you want to introduce introduce them? Yes. Yeah. So when I when I began working on uh, audio for the Pixel phones at Google, they had uh, existing audio that had been uh, adopted from the previous iterations of the Pixel, and the audio was was great that they had already had in there. But I felt that I wanted to bring something that was different. Uh, so. The first, uh, the first sound that we have here is uh, an original alarm tone that uh, I did not create. And uh, this is a good explanation of, of why I wanted to do something that was contrasting to this, is that I'm just, when I'm a morning person, I want to wake up and not be jarred from my sleep. Um, and, and I found that a lot of alarm tones on phones do exactly that. And for some people, that's what they need to wake up. But for me, I just want something that's much more gentle, uh, something that's going to kind of nudge me awake instead of uh, kind of shaking me awake. And so this this first alarm sound is uh, one that I tried to work beyond and do something that was tonally pleasant, was much more like a, a piece of music. So, yeah, we can uh, play this first one here that was one of the original alarms. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so that, again, that was one of the original alarms, and uh, just being, waking up to that every morning, I think, would just make me feel kind of um, agitated, just because of my personal preference of not wanting to hear sounds like that in the morning. And there were other options for alarm sounds on the phone, but they all had a somewhat similar uh, digital tone. And so when I was asked to contribute some sounds to uh, the Pixel 2, I wanted to create alarms and ringtones and notifications that were much more subtle, that felt more musical in approach. And so uh, Bright Morning is uh, the default alarm that I created that we can play now. And so that uses bells. It's it's performed live. Uh, it's it's recorded live. And so it still has some of the same qualities of an alarm with kind of that bell tone. But again, it's it's more musical. And uh, when it's repeated over and over, I think that uh, it's maybe not quite as uh, grating. And then the last example is one that's called icicles. And uh, it, it's a good example of being able to repeat a sound in musical phrases and, and not have it kind of become too repetitive. And again, because it's recorded with live instruments and it's an acoustic sound source, I think it brings a slightly different quality to the approach of, of having an alarm. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, I, I think in many ways it's not like I uh, reinvented uh, the wheel. You know, I'm trying to do what I know is going to work by using kind of things that they had established with some of the other sounds. And I just tried to use my strengths to do something that was different, something that was original. Um, and it was maybe not something that they had a lot of. So it, at the time, it seemed like a bit of a risk to do something that was that much different. But uh, I, I think it paid off just in having a different option for the user. The existing branding of the Pixel, uh, the audio and even the visuals are very clean. It's very minimal. Uh, and in many ways, it's uh, I think it's very easily digested by the user. You know, nothing is too overly complicated with the sound or the visuals. And so the music kind of had to fit into that same sphere of design so that it had to complement what was already existing on the platform and not uh, contrast it too strongly. That's a great example of why it is so important for you not to just choose music. You know, uh, you have to go back, you have to dig back in the, the history of your company. Uh, and if you don't have a history of music, you can at least dig back to what it looked like visually or what you represented. There's always something where it started because you don't want to completely reinvent yourself because you might lose the audience that you already have. So by having somebody that works alongside your marketing department, uh, creating something that's new but ties to the old makes so much more sense and it, it creates such a sincere representation of that company. So 
I, I think that it's it's really fascinating to um, meet people like you guys where you understand marketing but you also understand music because the two of them go hand in hand you can't just be a marketer that says oh I'm gonna write something you have to also understand the rules to music and how that relates to what you want to create yeah exactly yeah I mean I think most marketers would say that they're strong when it comes to visual identity you know a lot of them come from a design background and so now it's just incorporating hey it's you know, it's not just your visual sense, you know, it's all of your senses. And that's, that's, you know, raise the bar for everybody. There's a book called Brand Sense, and it just talks mm-hmm. about all the different five senses that there are. And the fact that we don't, we use maybe two of the five, you know, like, um, I know that smell is a harder one for a lot of them, but uh, one that always comes to mind for me is Abercrombie and Fitch is very good at the, the smell part of it because, but mm-hmm. it, 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 it's uh, negative in my respect. I walk by that store and it's <laughs> gross to me. But, um, <laughs> but it's 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 a very unique way of, you know, uh, incorporating your brand sense, and uh, it just it blows my mind that we only really focus on, you know, sight. That that's really the only mm-hmm. one that we focus on, and sound coming out and exploring sound. I'm just so surprised that it's taken until now for us to really start to delve in like it's not completely accepted yet in my experience um as just as important as visual but it should be mm-hmm. yeah certainly um so we're we're talking about we were talking about like earbuds and headphones and stuff you were talking about the podcast uh, marketing or podcast advertising for the um car commercial how has the close range listening experience, uh, how has that affected your clientele work? Because your um, campaign strategy and your marketing strategy has to be a little bit different when you're focusing on uh, auditory rather than visual. You can't have mm-hmm. the same advertisement that you would have on TV that you would on a podcast. And you That's can't right. have the same advertisement on one podcast that you would have on another because it's a different audience. Um mm-hmm. And you were talking about the subtlety of the music and everything like that. How how has that affected what you present to clients? Are you are you creating things that work for both platforms? Are they coming to you just for one platform? Um, are you finding ways to maybe even recycle what you have uh, or restructure it so that it can work for many different platforms? Yeah, that's right. And that's the goal. I mean, that's what true audio branding is, is that you're creating something that can be manipulated um, you know, or, or progressed throughout multiple different uh, touch points and multiple different uses, you know. So it's once you establish uh, that main melody, your harmony, your instrumentation, once you establish that audio DNA, you know, that might be the brand anthem, but that brand anthem may never be, co- you know, consumer forward, right? So um, we'll create a brand anthem for for a company, but then we'll say, okay, now let's take that and let's make more of a, a story arc out of it that matches your broadcast campaign. And then, hey, that's um, let's lift just the melody out and create an audio logo for it that will be just called the mnemonic uh, that will tie into other parts of your campaign. And then um, you know, we might take more of a subtler piece of music or more and more of an informative music approach. Uh, for your web videos and you know so on and so forth where we'll make just derivatives of that main piece of music um, that have different purposes um, as well 
Have you been able to do that? Or is it something that like you kind of advertise to your clients that, hey, we're going to create this, but then it's going to go on to this and this platform and it can work for this and work for that? Is it planned out ahead of time or is it something that they kind of like trickle back for? Yeah, so it's done both. Both. So we'll start with just that brand anthem, and then we'll generally create the first iteration for, like, let's say, a broadcast campaign, and then, um, yeah, hopefully they'll say, okay, let's come back and let's write music now for our on hold experience, or for that's uh, on hold messaging, or for um, you know other campaigns as well. And so we've been, you know, kind of both both effective with that, where it's um, we've had off the bat, you know, several deliverables, you know, across the board and then others that are just now coming back for more iterations. Since you have uh, D.B. Cooper as your voice caster in your company, there was something that I read about recently that I I find hilarious, but it totally works. Um, So apparently there is now in uh, voice assistance world, someone is creating a Sam Jackson package. So Samuel L. Jackson will talk through Alexa, and uh, apparently there's a censored and an uncensored version. And I find this so hilarious, but I wonder if uh, if this is going to take off, like not just necessarily for celebrities, but um, will people kind of take on the responsibility of the sound of Siri or the sound of Alexa? Because in present day, you know, in, and this is brand new day, but for voice technology, Google and Amazon are the first thing that you hear. Even if mm-hmm. they're advertising that company, it's through their voice. So they're actually getting like top billing right now. Right. I I wonder like maybe and maybe you're seeing this already. I don't know. But uh, do you see a shift of maybe some more people wanting to develop a vocal narrative brand identity? Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly that's that's the whole point is just now that it's, it's finally coming to the voice experiences, but obviously, um, you know, anytime you have a person from a brand speaking to you, you know, whether it's a, a typical television ad or a radio ad, that, that voice represents that brand. And so that voice should also represent the consumer on how, what the consumer, what voice do they want to listen to about that brand? You know, what, what voice resonates with that consumer, about that brand and so and now it's it's great and a voice experience for you know your alexa and your google uh home and things that uh you can take that forward now you can have a brand interaction with that voice yeah it's it's crazy what's what's coming up you can have a whole like relationship with an inanimate object now it's just (laughs) insane insane there's actually an episode of uh big bang theory i can't remember how long ago it was because i haven't watched in a while but uh raj i guess he got an iphone and he discovered siri he'd never discovered siri before and Mm -hmm. so he told siri to call him sexy and she goes okay do you want me to call you that from now on and he's like yes and she's so she goes okay sexy and so he was like he developed this crush on siri basically and was you know the whole rajness but i thought that that was hilarious because it's something mm-hmm. that really could happen like you could oh, feel yeah. like you have a connection with something that isn't real <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing it's probably slightly bad but <laughs> yeah well i'll tell you when i when i listen to, or when i'm interacting with a voice experience if it has a custom human recorded voice i am i'm 
you know, so much more engaged and just piqued uh, by that interest than if I'm just listening to the default voice. You know, it's it's just less engaging. Whereas if you have a casted human voice, uh, you're connecting more because you're you're hearing more of that brand personality come through. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. more it's more conversational, and uh, you know, I see I see that with my own children uh, and how they interact with voice controlled devices and applications and things that, uh, you know, we, we would think it's weird to try to, to interact with a voice controlled device. They just want to do all of it and it just comes natural to them to want to do that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think we're just going to continue to see more and more of that uh, is, is the youth really uh really like to control things with their voices oh yeah no i agree i my uh, i have a two and a four-year-old and so my four-year-old tells uh alexa what to do and my two-year-old he can't really talk well yet (laughs) and so he can't say alexa and he gets so frustrated because he can't tell alexa play frozen you know and i'm like they should come up with a voice character that has like a one syllable easy sound like cat cat mm-hmm. turn on mm-hmm. frozen or something like that so that he could participate because yeah. he totally gets it he knows what he's supposed to do they do you can change your inflection uh uh word we've we actually almost changed ours to robot just so the kids would understand uh, it's a robot but <laughs> i think there's good. yeah last time i checked there was five or six different um names they allow you to choose on alexa oh see i'm still learning i didn't know that i have to check it out I'll have mm-hmm. to create one for my son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where where do you see the sound marketing landscape going? Uh, everything as of right now seems so in flux with tons of new outlets and concepts and platforms and mediums. It's it's nuts right now. It's just kind of a free for all. Where where do you think people will land as the standard for sonic branding? Yeah, I think both Sean and I can I guess both answer that question. Uh, for me, I think it's wonderful that. It can it can go in these pieces where you have uh, brands like MasterCard who are creating a holistic campaign where you have just the audio logo, but then you also have this piece of music that goes with it. And then they're further taking that piece of music and they're translating it to different genres across the world. But then you have uh, different brands like the Bose headphones I just bought, you know, come with um, a beautiful audio logo when it turns on and then a short uh, audio logo when it turns off, you know, and it's just a a beautiful sound that represents that brand. And it's just a really nice interaction. So I'm excited for it. I think, uh, you know, we'll soon see the days of all of our appliances, uh, not, not only coming with voice, but also coming with branded, branded audio that represents those brands instead of just the glaring beep beep at you all the time. It makes it feel premium, you know, just like your, your Bose headphones, it's the difference between a premium product when you put it on and it feels like an experience. You've paid for a quality product and you've paid for an experience. Whereas if you buy something that's maybe not uh, a brand name or is, is cheaply made or doesn't have that thought put into the design, it shows. And I think the next maybe evolution in sound marketing and this might be a ways away, is that we're starting to see this connectivity between uh, voice-controlled devices and hardware and things that we interact with on a daily basis. We're also beginning to see a lot of these devices that are constantly listening. 
which mm. wh- where you stand on that, whether you like it or not, it is something that's happening. So mm-hmm. what if, you know, there were ways for this sonic branding to be heard by your other devices and to adopt, you know, either download a specific app or adopt a functionality based on contextually what you are consuming as a consumer in your household or what you're using. You know, for example, if I'm in an Apple ecosystem and it's in my refrigerator is a smart fridge or my washing machine's a smart washer and it detects and it can hear by default without me having to, you know, download a a Maytag app or having to download a Frigidaire app and set all this stuff up. What if it can intelligently listen because that's something it can do and it can automatically configure itself to work with the kind of device that I have. Uh, you know, so much can be transmitted through audio and it would be interesting to see if hardware and software can interact with each other kind of utilizing audio exclusively. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating idea. That kind of blew my mind. It's a it's a little it's a little crazy at the same time. Like it makes me think of like, you know, robots taking over the world and all that stuff. But um but yeah, I it's not beyond what we have been starting to see. So mm-hmm. crazy interesting times. <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you guys so much for joining me and um just kinda laying it out for what you've been seeing in the in the landscape of things lately. It's been very interesting, very fun chat. Thanks for having us, Jana. Yes, thank you. And so if anybody wanted to get a hold of you guys, uh how would they get a hold of you? Uh, sure. So you can reach out to us through our website, which is sonicsignatures.io. Uh, you can both find Sean and I uh, on LinkedIn as well. It's John Brennan and Sean Beeson. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. The mission of the Sound and Marketing Podcast is to pique your interest or possibly even blow your mind. Let's think outside the box at what is hovering all around us. Sound. It's powerful. It's engaging. It's us. The Sound and Marketing Podcast was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Eichel. Special guests were John Brennan and Sean Beeson from Sonic Signatures. For inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast or for inquiries on Sonic Branding and Sonic Branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at dreamerproductions.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. You can email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. To get a hold of John or Sean, you can find them at sonicsignatures.io, as well as on LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. If you like what you hear, don't forget to share and leave a review to get those algorithms on our side. And don't forget to enter promo code SOUNDINMARKETING for your one-month free trial of Stitcher Premium. All links will be provided in the show notes for this episode. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.